You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Wednesday edition of the podcast. I hope you guys are all doing great out there. Brian, my man, how are you? Jake, I am delighted to be here. Like Ike Austin in his first ever jazz press conference, I'm just happy to be here. (laughs) But you're also not here just so you don't get fined like a certain other former pro athlete. Me and, and Cyber Marshawn, we both just trying to eat. <laughs> Absolutely. We got a lot to get to on today's edition of the podcast. We're going to talk another position preview, review. We're going to talk about the running back position. Obviously, a position group really uh, turned around and thrown into upheaval with all of the offseason happenings. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk a little Utah basketball and, of course, touch on everything else you need to know as a Utah fan on this fine Wednesday. So plenty to get to ahead on today's podcast. Brian, we are brought to everybody today by two of our good friends, rockauto.com, as well as our good friends at Built Bar. Jake. I got my order of the coconut brownie crunch, and <laughs> I don't even want to tell people how many bars I've already eaten. Oh, there's a new one that just arrived. We can't talk about it yet, but we'll be talking about that one soon. So Sample that one. There's too. a lot going on with them. We'll tell you a little bit more about it later on in the podcast. What do you say? Should we get one here? No time like the present, and the present is a gift. All right, let's have some fun. This is the Locked on Utes podcast for February 17th, 2021. Once again, welcome into Locked On Utes, your daily podcast focused on all things Utah athletics. I'm Jay Catch. That is Brian, the brown bear himself, Brian Brown. We are your co-host tandem covering all things Utah athletics here. And Brian, first things first, thank you for filling in my absence uh, multiple times in the recent past. A lot of duties on the radio side for me, and I, I cannot thank you enough. And I know Utah fans out there cannot thank you enough for kind of picking up the slack where I have fallen short. I am just grateful for everybody who still tunes in to listen to me ramble. And shockingly enough, I can go past the 30 minute barrier very, very easily, even when it's just me rolling. So thanks to everybody for, for, uh, for subscribing and listening for all the new listeners. Thank you for joining us. Um, but it's always good to have you back, my man. I, I feel like two is always better than one when it comes to crunch wraps and podcast hosts. Good call on the Crunchraps, by the way. But plenty to get to ahead on today's show. Let's start off on the gridiron with Utah football. Uh, We are doing what we're calling our position review previews. And what they are is essentially a look back at 2020 for each position group in the Utah football program. And also a preview of spring ball upcoming for that position group. And today we're talking about Utah's running back position. And obviously... This position group, the major storyline is the untimely death of Ty Jordan and how it threw this position group that seemingly was a lock to be one of the strengths for this offense. It kind of just threw it up into upheaval, and we don't know exactly where the chips are going to fall, but we, I think we have an idea of where things may shake out. I think the biggest thing will be uncovering who will be the starter sure. to begin with. But as we started to talk about more and more in recent years, this is the, the Utah wants to get into the platoon aspect of running backs. This is absolutely the year where it, it should happen. 
last year was a little bit of an anomaly with the emergence of Ty Jordan, but he was just such a special talent that it was almost instant Mm -hmm. to where he just took over. But if you look back at this team right now, the leading returning rusher for the Utes, any guesses on who that might be? That is actually a very good question. I did not anticipate you asking. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Mackay Bernard. He, he is, and, and it's by just by a nose okay. where he has 76 yards compared to the second leading returning rusher, Brant Keithy, a tight end. Wow. Okay, yep. so 76 yards is the leading returning rusher in the backfield for Utah this year, as Correct. it stands the, currently. Yeah, without a doubt, Utah's lost almost the entire production of, of the of the running game in terms of running backs. And and surprisingly enough, it was Jake Bentley that was second on the team in yards. And and obviously yards is such a I don't want to say archaic, but a, a simple metric to measure those kinds of things. You know, there's a lot better. I, I like yards per play. That's one that really uh, tells me a lot about a story. And, and, you know, I think in that respect, you are bringing back some good stuff. Makai Bernard, five yards of play. Brandon Keithy, over eight yards per play. Uh, you know, but Britton Covey had 0.6 yards per, per rush. Okay. So not not a ton of, of good stuff coming from Britt there, but I think his production in the past game will allow us to forgive him, right? Yeah, and well, I, I think you've got a very good point there. And Brian, that brings up a very good point as to how Utah will go about, I think, supplementing uh, supplementing this running game. Guys like Keithy, absolutely. You're going to see them mixed in with this, but they brought in the graduate transfers that they did that I think are also going to be relied on very heavily. TJ Pledger, I think he is a guy that you look at and say, yes, we, we talked about the platoon idea for Utah running back. TJ Pledger very much is in that mix right there immediately upon stepping foot on Utah's campus. 100%, and his versatility is really what's going to give Utah an, uh, a, a really impressive weapon in TJ Pledger, right? Mm-hmm. 450 yards gained total last year, uh, you know, nine receptions out of the backfield for 77 yards. So he's averaging almost nine yards a catch, uh, five total TDs averaging over almost five yards per carry. So that is a lot of production for what a guy that was in theory, the backup running back at sure. Oklahoma, right. Or the change of pace back. Yeah. And so you combine that with what uh, Chris Curry is bringing in with his 145 yards on 45 attempts, Curry a little bit more of a bruiser, but also a backup guy. And those two combined are almost equal to the production that Ty Jordan, you know, had, had added to the table and in a few more games, obviously, but uh, in terms of reps, you know, attempts, carries all that kind of stuff, it's very similar. And so Utah does have production that's coming into the program. And like we talked about, I kind of made a, an example of Makai Bernard because he is the only leading returning rusher on the roster right now mm-hmm. from the running back position, but he's really good. Yeah. And that's a lot of talent to have in one backfield. So I think what we'll probably see more of is just finding different dimensions in the run game. I think that Kyle Whittingham will say the same thing that he always does. They're going to try and platoon. They want to get guys equal shares, but I guarantee you by the time game two or three rolls around, he's going to have a workhorse. He always does. Mm -hmm. And so then, you know, it'll be figuring out which one of the three uh, or incoming freshman Ricky Parks, who is on campus right now, which one of those four guys actually emerges. And I think Parks is a legitimate threat to be a, a, rotation guy too well see and that's the interesting part i wanted to ask you about is i see the different skill sets of makai bernard ricky parks uh 
uh, Chris Curry, and then TJ Pledger. They all have different skill sets here, Brian. And I think that the idea of platooning them takes all of their different strengths, puts them all together, and you can deploy them, like you mentioned, in multiple facets, multiple situations on the field to give them the ultimate success. I I do agree with you that Utah will settle on somebody who's the so-called bell cow running back at some point, but I don't think that they can right out of the gate say that, okay, any of you four are the guy. They need to let it kind of play itself out and then determine who that is. Similar to what we saw with Ty Jordan last year, where he, two or three games in, you knew that is your guy. Yeah, and and it's interesting that Utah has kind of got characters in the backfield that mimic each other, right? So if you look at Chris Curry, he is 5'11", 216. Ricky Parks comes on to campus, 5'11", 214. He'll be there with Curry working out together. So you know that both of those guys are going to be close to 220 by the end of spring ball, Mm -hmm. and they're going to be pushing each other. So you have that bruiser, that heavier back that can carry the the short yarder stuff like the expectation was for Devin Brumfield. Switching over to TJ Pledger and and Makai Bernard, those are a little bit lighter, speedier, shiftier backs. I think Pledger probably has the most wiggle and the most twitch out of anybody on the team, but he's still a pretty upright runner. Mm -hmm. Whereas Makai Bernard, I think is the one that he's the one that probably fascinates me the most to see where he really evolves. You know what I mean? Because he has that strong running style, but I don't think he's definitively a bruising back. He also has that breakaway speed and the ability to cut. So, you know, uh, the back that TJ Yeldon is a guy that really okay. stands out in my yeah. mind. And people will think like, who the hell is that? <laughs> Excuse me. Heck, uh, Alabama hey, running is, back. This ain't a BYU like, podcast. You can say hell. <laughs> Just trying to keep, a, you know, keep it clean for the kids out there. But <laughs> I think that that's the kind of, of athlete that he could be, you know, uh, there are, plenty of options you know in terms of running back comparison so if somebody else has some hit us up at locked on Utes and let us know but they have enough versatility but also mimicking style so that if somebody gets hurt or if they need someone to step up they can fill that role and they can design the running game to fit all those strengths yeah absolutely one other note i wanted to talk about and this is something you can answer better than I can, Brian, because you know this roster much better than I do. There are a number of other players on this roster listed at running back. Guys like Faisal Aiden, uh, uh, let's see, Elvis Vacapuna, Charlie Vincent, Braden Whistler, Aaron Tapasoa. Any of those names on there that you are aware of that you would say, okay, that's a guy to keep an eye on as a developmental prospect, or are those guys who are simply just uh, roster fillers who are going to be scout team guys? Yeah, Faisal Aiden was a guy who ended up traveling with the team by the time that Will Moore and, and Brumfield had left. So he's a guy that can step in and play a role if needed. Jordan Howard comes to mind oh, a few years ago. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, that kind of an athlete to where I wouldn't expect him to be anything breakout, but he has that potential. And then Charlie Vincent is a player that they really, really loved out of East High School here locally. Uh, Braden Whistler recovering from another ACL injury, so we're wishing him the best. And I know if anybody in this world can work their way out of an injury like that, it's Braden Whistler, one of the hardest working athletes that I've ever had yep. a chance to cover or interact with, and a super explosive uh, Covey-like player, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to say that he's the next Britton Covey because he's very different, but, you know, those are guys that I think if if we get a chance to watch spring ball, we might actually see somebody have a little extra. Um, 
But uh, other than that, it, it's mostly, I think, filler guys. You know, Aaron Tapusoa comes from Snow College where he didn't get a whole lot of run, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. There were backs ahead of him that did much, much better. And so I think he walked on to Utah because he wanted to try and prove himself, as a lot of walk-ons try to do. Um, but this is nonetheless a very, very deep running back room at the top with a lot of room in terms of, you know, classes and everything like that. Potential, but not a lot of production, I think is the easiest way to kind of go about saying that. But we'll see. It will be interesting. Spring ball is going to be a critical, critical time for this position group. There is no doubt about that. And looking forward to that. All right, Brian, uh, we'll talk a little more Utah football in coming days. Obviously, we'll continue with these position review previews, looking back and looking forward. We're getting ready for spring ball. It's crazy to think that it is almost here, but looking forward to it all the same. All right, we will talk a little Utah basketball next. Wanted to pass along a couple of tidbits, a couple of thoughts on certain goings-on with Larry Kriskoviak's program. Before we do that, we do need to take a minute today and talk to you about our good friends over at Built Bar. Brian, you and I are massive fans of Built Bar. I actually had, a, funny enough, a conversation with a friend of mine over the weekend, and he said, okay, spill it to me. How big of a fan are you really of Built Bar? And I actually showed him, I had a picture of, a, of my latest shipment of Built Bars that had just arrived to me. I showed him the picture and said, man, you really are all in with these guys. I'm like, yes, I am. I absolutely love these things. I think you're right there with me. I am 100%. And it's it's fun being a consumer of Built Bar also while being a promoter because I get the emails from the Built Bar customer service team thanking me for the order and then the repeat order and then the repeat, repeat order. Yeah. And I feel like I'm that name that just keeps popping up there on their screen. They're like, how devoted is this guy? But they also have a rewards program. So as you're buying, you can earn money towards additional purchases. And they have such a variety of great products out there. We've tried the Built Go. We've mm-hmm. tried the the uh, immunity plus all the different, uh, products that they offer. And it's just a company that is very, very devoted to finding the best products to help you be your best self. Yeah, they have over 20 flavors now of different Built Bars. You guys all are welcome to try. You can go to BuiltBar.com, check them out. The best part about them is they're covered, all of them, in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're the perfect complement for the health-conscious guy or gal. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. So take advantage of that now. Go to BuiltBar.com to learn more about them and place your orders. While you're there, use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your next order. We love this company. Brian and I are huge fans. We are consumers of the company, like Brian said, while also being promoters, and want you guys to take advantage now. Once again, BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your next order. That's all courtesy of Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bars anywhere. You guys know by now that we are your daily source for all things Utah athletics, but Brian and I want to encourage you guys, if you want a more expanded view of everything going on in the greater sports universe at large, make sure to check out the Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts it, does a great job, and gets you caught up on everything going on in the sports world in 20 minutes or less. You can download it wherever you get your podcasts. And I, Brian, I think I speak for you when I say, Take advantage of it. It is a fantastic new product, a brand new podcast from the Locked On Podcast Network. 
getting your daily updates is so important because there's so much going on. And we talk a lot about being in this business and finding ways to stay relevant, stay fresh. Locked On Today does that. They take the biggest storylines. They explain them to you. It is a a daily podcast, so it's not going to be an hour and a half, two hours long. It's going to be like some of those daily newsers that maybe you subscribe to in the past. Worth subscribing, worth listening absolutely worth tuning in. Yeah, so I would encourage you guys to check that out. Uh, We're going to talk some Utah basketball for a minute here, Brian. I know you talked about this a little bit yesterday on the podcast about the departure of Mickey Yontanen to go play for the Finnish national team in the Eurobasket qualifiers. A lot of people out there wondering what is going on with this, and I think you did a great job yesterday kind of laying out the reasoning, how everything is playing out the way it is so far, but the one thing I wanted to bring up just kind of to carry on that conversation for a minute here is now Utah, however long that you're going to have Rylan Jones out for with that shoulder injury that we've heard about, and now with Mickey Yontanen taking off to play for the Finnish national team, well... How are you going to initiate offense if you're Utah? Is Timmy Allen going to have to create for himself? What's going to happen here? Where should we uh, dig into this, you think? I think it's got to be who can step up and fulfill the role of being a guy who can execute and help execute the offense and help initiate the offense. I think those are the two biggest points that if you watched Utah where they were missing both Mickey and Ryland, I felt like the offense just seemed disconnected. And we hear a lot of coaches nowadays say that word connectivity, right? They want to stay connected (laughs) on the court and it just didn't look like they had it. And so I think that's where you have to, point at as they're going down the road because you're not going to have Mickey for three games. Yeah. At least at the very least. Uh, The hope is that they can win two on Friday and Saturday and get him back so that he'll be back in time to rest up or take whatever, uh, you know, rest or, or quarantine or whatever we're dealing with these days. Cause who knows? Yeah. But this week becomes super critical for, I think, a couple different players, right? I think Ian Martinez, this is a really big week for him. I think Jackson Brenchley is a guy who could take advantage of a role, and he's a guy that Utah could really use his outside shooting in the offense where they're missing Mickey, who does a lot of the dirty work, especially mm-hmm. if you're having to play Lahat Chun a lot more now too, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's the, And that's the interesting part about it. Jackson Brenchley, I think, has got loads of potential. I think we all saw it from his days playing up there in in Cache Valley up there at Ridgeline High School. He's got loads of potential, and you hope that at some point it kind of clicks for him and he's able to take advantage of it, and no time like the present would be more welcome, I think, for Utah basketball fans than to see a guy like him step up and, like you mentioned, maybe become that, that connecting piece that creates that connectivity for this offense. But I'm also with you. Ian Martinez, he's going to have to step up. Pella Larson, he's going to have to step up. I'm not sure that it's going to be necessarily one guy who's going to be the answer, but they all need to do their part and do their absolute best to bring that collective unit together while missing two of your star players. Yeah, and I I keep pointing back to Ian Martinez. He's got to be the guy who can help lighten the load because when Timmy Allen tries to do so much within the offense, he is, I don't, I don't think he's a limited basketball player, but I think he does so much for the team already and he's leading scorer and, and, and so much other stuff. And they're asking him to defend on the other end. And almost always he's taken one of the better 
in the conference and having to defend there and having to help out on the boards. And he's usually having to box out guys that are bigger than him because this conference is freakishly long for some reason. Who knows why? It's almost like the West Coast has good basketball prospects. I don't know. But they either need those guys to step up or they need a guy off the bench to fill a role. You know, Jordan Kellier is a guy that we haven't seen a ton, but he was a really highly touted guy that came in uh, from, you know, Redemption Christian Academy via Jamaica. Mm -hmm. And his athleticism is off the charts. When you see him walk on the court, he just has an absolute presence. And so you've got to think that this week the coaching staff is grinding on he and Ian Martinez and Brenchley to get up to speed and be contributors so that they can continue the streak. The really weird part about watching Utah lose to Stanford, they hadn't lost in three games. Yeah. That it was the it's called a winning streak. It has <laughs> happened before. And it will hopefully happen again. No, that's a good point, though. That is a very good point. Uh, my 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 chief concern is finding somebody who can get guys the balls, mainly Timmy Allen, Alfonso Plummer. Set those two up for success. You don't need to be a high-volume scorer in this stretch here without Ryland Jones, without Mickey Yontanen. You need to be that facilitator. You need to be the glue guy. Can they find that? Can they have somebody step into that role? And if somebody does do that, funny enough, you prove you can do that, you're going to find yourself with a lot more playing time real quick. Yeah, and I think that's a role where Jackson Brenchley should absolutely be working to try and step up. 6'5", 194, he's got a good shooting stroke. He moves well on the court. But if you can become a guy who can be dependent upon to bring the ball up and initiate the offense, something that we really haven't seen from him at Utah, that's a massive step forward. What we have seen is we've seen Ian Martinez do that a lot. I think Ian's much better on the push, meaning grabbing the rebound or catching the outlet and pushing the ball up the court. Utah is a better basketball team when he's on the court pushing them all forward. He ups the tempo, and maybe Alfonso Plummer gets some time. I I feel like that's just not the best usage of him. No, he's more of a guy who needs to be set up. And I'm with you on Ian Martinez and his ability to push the ball. That's actually, funny enough, young players in basketball, in my experience, and I'll I'll be – Honest, I, I'm a relative novice at this, but young players, freshmen like Ian Martinez, they actually play better sped up, funny enough, on the move, pressing and pushing the ball up the court at this point in their careers. The the half court, slow it down, run the offense, that comes later on as you get developed. So, funny enough, maybe Utah does need to press the issue a little bit more and push the ball up the court and see what happens with that. And maybe it's a team like Oregon State where you can experiment a little bit with some smaller lineups and see if you can get some momentum off of playing like an Ian Martinez, Jackson Brenchley, Alfonso Plummer all together on the outside and and maybe Timmy Allen and Lahatchoon or or Brandon Carlson. I think the real awesome part about this team is that Brandon Carlson has just been lights out the last few weeks and he's now dependable and reliable and he's stepped up his outside shot to where he's one of the more reliable outside shooters for this team as well. And he's also a guy who can get a bucket, you know, and and we saw against Cal that when they were really starting to drown a little bit, they went to him on the inside and it was almost automatically a bucket every time. And so combine those guys with Pella Larson and and whoever else you can get up to speed. That could be a really intriguing lineup. You know what I mean? Or if you go small and have Timmy Allen play the center, like you're going to give up rebounds, but you can push, push, push. And maybe that team in transition can wear down Oregon state a little bit. 
Yeah, and that would be interesting to see how if they do decide to experiment with the lineup a little bit, and we'll have to kind of wait and see. And we'll we'll preview the Oregon State matchup a little later on in the week as we get closer. Actually. No, Oregon State's tomorrow night. So we got, man, this week's yeah. just all been messed up with the holiday for me. So I am all kinds of off. So I apologize. We'll preview that game tomorrow. We got plenty in terms of that. And we'll do a more detailed look at the Beavers. And obviously, you got the Oregon Ducks later on this weekend. We'll have that all covered for you. All right. Uh, we will wrap things up here on this Wednesday edition of the show with some other news and notes involving Utah athletics that you guys need to know about as Utah fans. We'll touch on those here in a moment. But Brian, let's take a minute here and talk about our good friends at Bet online.ag we just talked a lot of college basketball we've talked to a bunch of college football football's kind of in the rearview mirror in terms of your sports betting habits brian but there's nba hoops there's national hockey league you got college hoops baseball pitchers and catchers are reporting today for spring training it's going to be here before you know it if you want to get in on the sports betting action there's no better place to do it than with our good friends at bet online it's Parlay every day. That's my mantra, Jake. Nice. And gosh darn it, the other night the Jazz came through for me. There were a bunch of other teams that came through for me and won. That flamethrower of a team from down south just couldn't get it done uh, against wow. the team with four starters that were out. Yikes. Otherwise, we would have been all celebrating and it would have been built bars for everyone on the Brown Bear. <laughs> but that's the joy of bet online it gets you invested in whatever your favorite sport is if you have some knowledge base in one maybe you watch a lot of college basketball maybe you're getting into college baseball Mm -hmm. maybe you're a lacrosse fan bet online covers it all yeah they got it for us yeah go ahead just all sports whatever live events going on they'll probably get a line for it they have it all covered it's easy to find on the website just go there sign up Start making those bets. And you can actually ask them to create lines for you. That's the best part about it. They're, they are amenable to helping you guys out and creating a line. They will do their best to acquiesce to your request. So take advantage of it now. Like Brian said, it's a free account at betonline.ag to sign up. And while you're there, when you make your first deposit, use the promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus. It's courtesy of our friends at BetOnline. They want to give you money to play with. Think about that. A sports book giving you money. Take advantage of it now. Once again, betonline.ag using the promo code locked on when you make that first deposit get that 50 percent welcome bonus get in on the action it's all courtesy of bet online your online sportsbook experts brian as we round out this wednesday edition of the podcast we've hit football we've hit basketball should we hit some baseball tis the season and pitchers and catchers are reporting jake Mm -hmm. this is breaking news i actually like baseball this year i know that it exists because my team is finally good but that doesn't just stop with the padres right it's also getting to follow former utes in the mlb as well yeah you padres bandwagoner come on now you can admit it it's it's been a long journey (laughs) since 1998 yeah but I jumped on in the right time, I guess, you know, when they made it to the World Series and then just been waiting for my turn ever since. Been locked in ever since, and that, that's the way it kind of goes with fandom. But some good news on the former Utes in the MLB. C.J. Crone, the former Utah slugger, funny enough, Brian, he's 31 years old now. And I know that you and I are both in our 30s, but it's just crazy to think of C.J. Crone now above the 30-year-old threshold. But he's going to be playing pretty close to Utah this year, it looks like. Yeah, he's heading to Denver at the Mile High City, and I think that's a great opportunity for him. CJ was always a strong power hitter. He'll be at Coors Field where he can just continue to launch balls out there. Playing for former University of Utah alum Charlie Manfort there, uh, 
who owns the team. And, and it's just, I think this will be a great situation for him to bounce back from a tough year in 2020 where he just didn't see a lot of success. Yeah, 13 games before undergoing season-ending uh, surgery on his knee, ligament damage to that knee, and he had a tough 13 games. There's no doubt about that. So he's on a minor league deal. He'll be joining them for spring training. Speaking of the Rockies, he's going to have to kind of earn his way onto the roster. But uh, I was reading up on this, and he's being brought into kind of the, the counterpoint. They bought, brought in a left-handed hitting first baseman. Crone is going to be the right-handed option for them at the plate as a first baseman, and the hope is they can platoon the two, it sounds like. It's kind of the old ultimate dream if everything works out. I got nothing but the best of wishes for C.J. Crone. He was a great representative of Utah while he was a Ute, and I think he is going to do good things, and it'll be fun to see him just playing a state over there in the Mile High City. It's always fun to watch former players, especially coming from a school like Utah, where you don't consider it to be much of a baseball school, but they did recently win a Pac-12 championship, and while the team hasn't necessarily carried the success forward like we had hoped i think that this season could be a really good one for the for the ping and mutes to get back to uh you know back to business and winning back 12 championships but also great to see that former youths like cj crone are being a, are given the possibility and the opportunity to excel at the next level and we will do a preview more of the baseball season ahead. It's, it's scheduled to get going this weekend. They're supposed to play in San Antonio, Brian, and I think anybody who's paying attention to the headlines knows that the state of Texas is a little cold uh, over the past few days, and we spent our best wishes to all of them down there, especially in the Midwest. It's just been, It's been miserable. There, there's no doubt about that for many people who are not used to dealing with conditions. I think you and I, growing up here in Utah, we're used to the snow, and I think it's really easy to look at what's happening in Texas and Oklahoma and say, well, come on. Here's the deal, people. They don't have the infrastructure like we have built up over literally 100-plus years of dealing with the weather that we deal with in the winter. Any any geographical location is going to have its weather shortage. or. Sure. Uh, features right yeah. like if there was a flood here we'd all be screwed because bonneville lake would be returning right <laughs> we're in big trouble in that case yeah so best of luck Pray for no arcs yeah absolutely best of luck to cj crow and we'll be tracking that and like i said we'll do a preview of utah's baseball season ahead later on this week brian any final parting thoughts or shots for you as we go out the door here as always, Jake, it's a great day to be a Ute. Some days are better than others. There's no doubt about that. Enjoy the rest of your day, everybody. Big thank you for joining us. This has been the Locked On Utes podcast for February 17th, 2021, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow. <laughs>